Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ainsley Hooper Chats with the podcast dedicated to breaking down barriers of stereotypes for people with disabilities and which lead to inaccessibility and exclusion. So normally each week I have a guest on who has a disability and talk about what they're doing and their experiences. But what I realised was that this is also, this is in a way excluding people with disabilities because there are people out there with disabilities who can't speak for themselves. So therefore, I wanted to invite Shay Foster on to have a chat to her about her experience of disability as a family member of someone with a disability. So please, hi Shay, please introduce yourself. Hi Ames, thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this chat. Um, I am Shay and I am 24 years old um, and I have a sister named Bailey with special needs. Um, sorry, I should say she has a disability because, yeah, okay. Um, Bailey has a disability. She was born with a really rare uh, syndrome named um, Phelan McDermott syndrome. And when she was born with it, there was only 22 kids in the world, I think, that had it. It was pretty crazy. Um, so Bailey obviously has a lot of different needs and um, is nonverbal and needs full-time help to do all of her personal care, um, access, communication, feeding, everything like that. So um, I grew up with having my sister and being a part of her life in a big a big way I guess you could say and it inspired me to help others like her and learn a lot more about um, different disabilities and different supports in the industry so um, I've began my own service called Alan Independent Support Services and I focus on skill building and also do some support coordination. That sounds awesome. I was looking at your Facebook page the other day and I noticed some things that were basically completely out of the box compared to what you see um, it from other providers. Not that I've looked too much in the um, in the space that you're working in because I look at just, I just, my needs are just personal care. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great to see like, yeah, that there's more, from what I hear from others, it's great to see that there's something that's more out of the box. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. so passionate about that. I love that flexibility and those options that are tailored to different needs and mm. I'm really passionate about providing that best support. Yeah. So yeah. very exciting things to come too, nice. lots going on. That's good. Yeah. I wanted just to talk a little bit more about your, your sister. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot in, in, in like on the internet and it, in disability spaces there's a lot of like talk about um yeah allowing people with disabilities to have a voice so i, I mean in your case or, or in your sister's case obviously she can't but i'm just curious like so are, are there ways that she's able to communicate um what she wants or what she needs or anything like that absolutely um so my sister kind of contact uh, communicates through eye contact a mm -hmm. lot of the time um, she'll often kind of look at things and look at you 
and look back at the object. Right. Um, generally, she will actually physically grab your hand and take you to what she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, if she has um, had an incontinence issue generally with her um, incontinence aids and she'll do a wee or a poo or something like that, mm-hmm. she'll actually try and pull down her pants <laughs> um, just to show you that she's done it. So mm-hmm. she has lots of different um, ways that she does communicate, but mm-hmm. unfortunately it is a very big guessing game majority of the time. Right, yeah. So yeah. Um, so you're the older sister or younger or...? Older sister. Yep. Um, I've got a younger brother, Cassidy, who is coming up to study disability now, um, wow. and step siblings as well. That um, through my parents' new relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I guess like so you did you you've also studied dis- cert for disability or yeah straight yep. out of school cert yep. for and disability. Um, and straight into the industry, into respite, into um, one-on-one supports and then into skill building programs and support coordinators. So straight into it, thrown in the deep end. But uh, lucky for me, I had the passion and I feel as though that is the most important thing. Yeah, that absolutely. understanding of the actual needs of different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you were learning, or so when you were going through your cert for in disability, did you find that it was aligned? Or did you find that it was? Um, were there were any gaps in the cert for that you found based on what your experience was with your sister? Definitely, I don't remember it as much, but I do know that the hands-on experience is just so totally different to what you learn in the theoretical side of everything. Of course, with any job, you know, you've got to have that hands-on experience. But I feel as though that prior understanding to understand disability is something that is missing 100%. Um, It's definitely not brought up in schools. Mm -hmm. And I know myself, I had a lot of um, people in school who actually thought, that I was disabled because my sister was. People right. just don't actually understand the um, different support needs of people and they're so quick to judge without knowing anything about them. Mm, interesting, yeah. I also was uh, interested to talk to you because like, when we met, obviously you use the term special needs and when it comes to, I think you saw I did a post on um, on my blog the other day just about the name that the way words are used um yeah like because I mean the terms like everybody's got the right to use what that what terms they want because there's you know there's no hard and fast rule Uh, yes yeah it's it's an interesting interesting area because um like in discussions like that I've had um, with people, like for example, in America, special needs is a term that seems to be quite often used and is acceptable. Um, whereas in Australia, um, people, a lot of the discussions are around, well, my needs aren't special. My needs are just, I have needs that might be more than another person, but they're not special. Um, but then I also find that a lot of parents and yet family members with people with disabilities 
and it might not be related to physical disabilities, but other things. Yeah, that term special needs is something that's quite quite commonly used. Um, 100%, yeah. yeah. So, I, did, I did see your post and I, I, it made me think about it, to be honest. I yeah. hadn't, you know, you get trained up and a lot of your management are very mm-hmm. on your back about using those different terms and yeah. those different um, wording. And I've kind of been trained to adapt to that. And um, so can I ask you, so that, that where, you, where you've come from with that, like with the term special needs, is that something that you've grown up with or is it something that's been sort of educated to it's, you? It's been educated to me, drilled wow. into me through services wow. to address this person as this. Um, that is very interesting. Maybe I do, so I do definitely agree that sometimes I feel uncomfortable when I say disability um, and yeah. I will generally actually resort straight to the word special needs and mm-hmm. I will actually I have told people my friends and stuff actually address them as special needs or mm-hmm. vision impaired or hearing impaired mm-hmm. um, or incontinence aids instead of you know nappies or you know stuff mm-hmm. like that and I did see your post and I thought about it for a second I thought oh my God, like, yeah, it's, it's, it is so different, isn't it? Yeah, it it's is. A it's a conversation that's not really been talked about. No, because, like, I, I mean, I grew up with um, being called, like, yeah, I grew up with the term of disabled. I'm disabled. Yeah. And I used to just say that all the time, I'm disabled. And then when I sort of got a little bit older, I'm like, hang on. A bomb is disabled. So when a bomb's disabled, it's no longer useful. Like it's no longer functional. So True, yeah. like so if I'm disabled, that doesn't mean that I'm no longer functional and that's not the case. So um yeah. that's when I start to use person with a disability. Um, but then I started to understand that the term disabled as well is quite political because it's yeah. it's about when you say I'm disabled, well, I'm disabled because of something I can't do, not because of my body, but because of something that's inaccessible. So, um, so it's quite important that that as well. It's really important. But yeah, it's fascinating to me that I, like that training material is, is using those all terms. about those terms. Yeah, I mean, everyone's so professional, it's okay to be professional, but at the same time, it shouldn't be about that as well. At the end of the day, it's about you guys and it's about disabilities and that's what where we started. So why can't we use that word? Yeah, because like I even I I remember, sorry, I'll just, um, sorry. You're right. (laughs) Sorry. I just remember (laughs) there was one point... um, where I went to a house and the house was an accessible house. So it was a, it was a display home. And on yeah. the, so going through there, um, the display home, it was one of those supported independent living, I don't know, um, something to do with the NDIS terms, which I don't understand. But anyway, so yeah, basically this house, you'd go into a room and there'd be a poster there and the poster would say, high needs, something else, something else and something else. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, to me, that doesn't mean anything at all. So like it's more to, it was more, even though it would be a person living in that home, it was more pointed yeah. toward, towards um, 
I guess, people who like work in that industry as opposed to, so it was like there was a, a disconnect between the human touch uh, and like like what, what the, the labels are that they use. So to me, it's really interesting. So like the, even just using special needs in, in the, um, the training material, it's showing that it's, they're still thinking of people with disabilities as a, I guess, as a majority blanket thing. I don't know. Yeah. It's a, yeah, weird conversation. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have thought it. And it was only until the other day that I did see a post where I didn't think about it. And I thought, oh my God, like I've been lied to my whole life. Oh, I know. <laughs> Why is I so uncomfortable about using the word? Like I don't actually know. I just, um, yeah. just the way I guess I've been brought up, but it's definitely a conversation that needs to be had. And some people yeah. um, should be reminded of that. Yeah, because I even went through a period of where I didn't like the words people, person with a disability or disabled yeah. either. And I tried to like wear different things. And I'm just like, I look at that now and I'm like, oh man, that was that was that was me being totally ableist towards myself because of the ideas exactly. that, that the stigma that's attached to disability and which, you know, that doesn't need to be the stigma. That it's like the word. Someone said to me, oh, should we change the word? Um, and, and that's sort of like one of the things that kind of brought up in that post is like, no, we don't change the word, change the word um, and the problems are still going to exist. So it's not the word yeah. that needs changing, it's the problems that need to be addressed. Yeah. 100%, yeah. yeah. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Totally makes sense. And some people might always feel uncomfortable with that word, um, whether they might be disabled or not. Mm -hmm. um, I guess it's to everyone's own choices as yeah. well. Like, of course, you, you've even acknowledged it yourself. You said, um, I used to be uncomfortable with it, but now I'll accept it. And that's exactly, um, you know, where I sit. And it's not, yeah, you're still, you're, you're still an incredible, amazing woman that's <laughs> as human and as awesome as most of us. And it's not anything to do with your disability. You're a freaking legend. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> It, it is a conversation that is so it's so weird to think about yeah there's another um if you uh, i'm sh if listeners don't know um there's a uh, there was a, an activist uh, australian activist um disability activist named stella young and she was absolutely awesome in that and she's uh basically a lot of my stuff, the way I think, has been inspired by the way she presented. Um, I remember her. I do. Yeah. I've seen her in one of our inductions, actually, in a previous employment. Was that, they did play her video. Was that the TEDx I, one? I'm not your inspiration. She did. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's I love it. it. Yeah. So that's yes, pretty cool. that happen. Yeah. 100%. I will always forever love that video yeah that is just empowering as hell I think that was the best thing I've ever watched yeah that. I remember watching it and I was just dumbfounded I was sitting there like I just couldn't believe how perfectly she just nailed everything like all yes. these ideas that I'd had all these years about things that were really uncomfortable and she just like completely nailed why they're wrong and and the thing is as well, like she said, people have been lied to. So, and that's exactly what, like, you know, that's why those words are special needs, those kind of things. They're like, they're, they're creating a, 
yeah, they're, they're creating a stereotype of people. Um, and this is where, you know, the whole two-dimensional thing comes in because you get people who think, oh, okay, so everyone's going to be like that because and it just it's frustrating <laughs> it is it is and I'm so glad you brought it up because it definitely it teaches me something new all the time I just love that I'm still learning and that's mm. my favorite thing about this industry is just every day is so different everyone is so different mm. and there is still so much for us all to learn yeah absolutely so I wanted to jump in because um, every week I ask us to have a 10 things that they'd like to know about disability, like, like people to know about disability. And yeah. I really wanted to hear it from your perspective, being somebody who doesn't have a disability but has the experience of, excuse me, having a family member with a disability. So um, I'd love to hear what your 10 things are. Amazing. Okay. So I um, kind of wrote down my number one thing is just the industry is so much different than what it used to be back in the days. And I think a lot of people are still stuck in their ways and they are not open for change. And it's really quite frustrating to watch. Um, and even like being a sibling, I've seen my parents go through it. Um, I've seen other families that I support go through it. And I've seen other services that uh, are still presenting in a way that is still not to this modern day that we are living in. And there is just, I can't express enough how important it is for these guys to just open their eyes and go, oh my God, there is much more out there and I do not need to be as stressed and concerned about, for example, what respite is. Um, I know my family, especially my mum, she's going to hate this, um, <laughs> is really concerned about those different respite houses because of the past um how could you say it? the past like stories that have come out of respite mm -hmm. you know what I mean about the abuse and the um you know the the babysitting and the way that people talk about respite I just can't stress enough how different and how many more options there actually is for everybody yeah. out there now can I just say with that one it's interesting you say that because Growing up, like I've, I've never done the respite thing. Um, so the only thing I've ever done is the um, personal care. Um, so never had to do respite. But my mother always had this empty threat like that, I, you know, oh, I can't remember, but she'd be like, oh, you know, I'll send you to such and such for the weekend if you do this. And, you know, and I'd be like, yeah, it, was, it was always just an empty horrible. It was like I really did not want to go to this particular place because of the stigma that was a, in my mind that was attached to it was just basically going somewhere for the weekend yeah for me it was kind of like um I guess it, in my in my mind it was like say going to a nursing home for people with disabilities and I was just like yeah. oh I don't think I want to do that yeah anyway yeah, yeah no and that's fair enough and so many kids of course are always going to be maybe scared to be away from their parents for the weekend or mm. um, find it difficult to adapt to that new environment but that is why I want to share with everyone that there actually is 
tailored ways for you to have that break and to get away and it to be all about you and what you love. If you love going outdoors and, um, you know, hanging out, going camping, fishing, you could do that and you could do that with a one-on-one support worker. You don't even need to be around other people. You mm. can actually do that as a part of your plan because everything is flexible now. It's not just chucked in a home with you know, six different people that you don't know that are screaming, hitting, um, triggering each other. It's actually all about you. It's Mm -hmm. all about you and it can be completely planned around that person's needs. And I just, I can't stress enough just how important it is for the services, families and these clients to realise that um, it's a better world it's still not perfect but there is a lot more options out there yeah absolutely yeah yeah so what what are what are your other points that you've got on your list there um so I have got um we've got a bit about all right I'm just reading my points sorry Mm um I think that schools need to have more education around disability and the respect. Um, I find that even just in the community, um, going to a hairdresser's, I've actually been in a situation where somebody said to me, oh, you might be able to help me understand why this person acted the way they did. And I said, okay, what do you mean? And they said, oh, they didn't make eye contact with me. They didn't know how to have a conversation. And Mm -hmm. They seem to appear really agitated when the hairdryer turned on. Um, and I was like, they've probably got autism. And they said, what's mm-hmm. autism? Mm-hmm. And I said, actually, it's really, really, really common. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, a sensory uh, disorder that um, is different for every single person that has it, but they might have different Uh, sensory needs compared to what we actually have and their hearing might be really uh how can I say their hearing is much better than what our hearing is and different noises different touches Mm -hmm. different um topics of conversation or different um things might be really triggering to them and they don't know how to control their emotions yeah and um yeah unfortunately people just don't know about that and I find that really really frustrating because there is people coming into this industry that don't actually even know what autism is Mm. Um, and it is such a broad spectrum that it is really frustrating I think I think it needs to be more there needs to be more awareness for it yeah absolutely like I mean I was um I think writing something yesterday and it's not about uh, yeah basically about the barriers and it's not about like the fact that people are ignorant I mean they're ignorant but only because they haven't been taught um so uh, yeah and that's all it is it just comes down to not being taught yeah Yeah. just that education and um I'm not the first person to sit there and um look at someone and go I would really love to know what is going 
on with that person and why they are acting like that. I have thought mm-hmm. that before. Um, but there is still all these kids and adults that are just staring. And I've always found it as a sibling that people will just stare and they will never mm-hmm. know what is actually going on. And yeah. I would love for people to just know why and how to respect people that are in those situations yeah exactly right yeah yeah and I don't know if you've ever had that feeling Ains but um you know when people do stare it does get quite uncomfortable (laughs) that's Um, funny I kind of um and now it's like I kind of don't notice yeah like I've had a couple of times where I've had what I remember being at a shopping center and one woman was staring at me and like it was just really funny like I was I was like early 20s or something at the time like teens and this woman is staring at me she's walking along and she's staring at me and so her head starts to turn to look back at me and as she does she walks into a pole I'm just like so that's what you get for being a rude bloody (laughs) I just found it funny that I just found it hilarious that it was a woman who was like, yeah, I guess in her 40s at the time. I'm in my 40s now. Um, yeah. yeah. But I expect it from a, a child and I've got no problems with children staring at me. Um, but, yeah. yeah, like from an adult, it's like, well, that's kind of weird. So I don't notice it. That, but yeah, so like when kids are staring at me, it doesn't bother me. I'm kind of like, yeah. it's probably something completely new to them. Um, but, yeah, like adults, and it doesn't happen with adults very much. It's happened a couple of times. It's just sort of been like, yeah, that's a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird when people stare at me. Best of times, they're like, are you going to hurt me? Or <laughs> But I yeah. know even with my sister, um, mm. there's been multiple times where my mum will actually go, I'll take a picture, it lasts longer, or what are you looking <laughs> at? And just give it back to them. And I'm like, oh, this is just so embarrassing. And I don't, like, mm. I always felt really uncomfortable when my mum did that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, obviously mm. my sister had no idea what was going on, but, like, it is something that is still happening all the time and I see it and sometimes I will catch myself looking and going, oh, I wonder what's going on there. Like what are they mm. up to, you yeah. know, and I'm not thinking negatively. I'm thinking, oh, what are Just they curious. doing over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's a really cool um, activity that they're doing. You know, I'm sussing it out, but a lot yeah. of people are still sitting there so they're staring and they're judging and they're going, oh, what's wrong with you, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Oh, God, why is that person screaming in the shops like that? They're having a meltdown because yeah, something else is going on, but you wouldn't have a clue mm. what autism is and why they're actually acting the way that they are. So yeah. I was some... situation. Yeah, that's right. I was somewhere the other day and I can't think where I was. Um. It's not funny because of being in lockdown for so long. I can't remember where I've been. <laughs> I, was, I, I went somewhere anyway. Um, and, yeah, there was a person in a wheelchair and they were making lots of noise. And, yeah, I I mean, I, I can only assume some kind of, I guess, maybe, like my assumption that went into my head was uh, autistic of, of some sort. Um, yeah. It's on, it's on this part of the spectrum, but I don't know. But yeah, so that, that that for me was just like, okay. So yeah, it was a curious thing of what's going on. Whereas I could see other people sitting there just looking like, you know, looking like, oh, 
Yeah, can you shut be quiet? Yeah, shut that person <laughs> up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and it's crazy. And um, I mean, I've even seen in a situation that people will approach and they'll want to help, but they're not helping. They're actually making the situation worse because, <laughs> you know, they're going, what's wrong? What's wrong? And they're yelling and they're like trying to touch the person and remove them. And I'm like, mm. no, you just need to just step back if you don't know what is going on don't get involved because so that's an interesting one because i had a question the other day um uh, yeah i was discussing things that people wanted to know about this yeah i asked a question was the question was what kind of questions do you have about disability that you're too scared to ask people and so and when i when i looked at the like the responses it made me sad that there was so many questions there that people want to do good, but they just don't know how to. Like, for example, one of the questions was, how do I, um, uh, how do I know when to help someone with a disability? Disability, and you know, the, and that's to me, I was just like, oh, that's so sad that someone's got to, got to ask that because, I mean. That's no, great that they're so a, passionate, but it's yeah, sad but, that they don't know how to support you well, guys. No, for me, it was more like um, they're too scared to because they don't want to offend people with disabilities. And that yeah. to me made me sad because it's like, well, if I'm going somewhere and like there's someone in front of me um, going through a door, of course I, I'd like them to hold the door open for me. Um, and. and and like you know, I'll be asked, "Oh, do you need help with that?" That's fine. Like, and I know, that, I do know that there are a lot of people with disabilities who kind of bulk at being asked if they need a hand. Um, yeah. And so I, there is a balance of like it, a balance of people without disabilities trying to work out. Okay, so when is it okay? When is it not okay? Uh, and to me, that just so it's to me, it's really sad that. Um, you know, even the smallest thing that you would, like if you would do something for anybody else, like then you sure go ahead and ask, yeah. It's common sense. Mm, Common sense, open the door for the elderly or to give up your seat on the bus. Yeah, yeah. Someone might be able to stand themselves up. But some people are still not even, they don't have that common sense. They've got no idea how to help. And it is, it is sad, isn't it? It's Well, see, from, from my perspective, I see it like, it's not that they don't know how to help, but they're afraid to uh, ask because they don't want to be seen as being like, they don't want to be seen as, I'm trying to think of the words, but yeah, they they don't want to take away, but so, like, you know, I know some carers, for example, have said they don't like asking people because they don't want to take away independence. And other people, I think, are like that. If they're worried that if they ask, if you need help, that they'll offend you in doing so. So that to yeah. me is like that's a, re- a really yeah, that's and that's a, great. I, I don't like that they exist. That, that, yeah, see yeah. that side too. Mm. It's really um, quite positive of you to think like that as well. Like I just think people are just silly sometimes. <laughs> <I'm> just like, <laughs> <Yeah>. You're rude. <laughs> you are really silly, but. Um, it's great that you feel that way, but yeah, hundred percent definitely needs to be more of that conversation out there yeah. to know how you can help. 
Because um, I used to be the same. Like I used to be like, I can do things by myself. I'll ask you if I need help. Um, yeah. But it was only when I sort of started to unpack it and understand where people are coming from that I'm just like, you know, that there's this whole thing, of, this whole barrier of them thinking that they'll offend. Annoying, and yeah. yeah, and it's just, it was just so sad for me. And, and just, yeah, just hope it's something that eventually, yeah, it will become second More nature. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, so what number are we up to on your list? Um, I've kind of just gone through heaps of different um, bits and pieces, but I do want to talk a bit about the NDIS because I do mm-hmm. feel as though they are such a beneficial support and there's been such an amazing change in people's lives over the past couple of years of the rollout. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I do feel like there is some room for improvement and um Again, it's with that flexibility. And I remember when we met, you were telling me a bit about the bed, that you um, you had some trouble when you were getting your, uh, you were trying to get a normal bed, just like every other day. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Catered for your needs, you know. Yeah, remember yeah. you were talking about that? Mm-hmm. And I was really interested and it made me really think about, yeah, some people in the NDIS don't actually understand that that was your needs. That's your needs that needs to be and mm. should be covered Yeah, through the NDIS. So um, I'll, to, I'll explain it to listeners. What, yeah. what actually happened was that um, so my partner and I, we moved into our new house, this house, which is eight years old now, um, and so we needed to get a double bed due to health issues that I have. Um, I have a, a a mattress which is like a mattress that you'd get in a hospital. It goes up and down. Um, anyway, so basically, I needed to have, even though I wanted to just go into a normal mattress, my doctor said no. You still got to stick with that. So I was like, okay, fine. Um, so I needed to get a mattress that suited my needs as well as my partner's needs. So a half and half situation, and. Um, I went, so I spoke to an OT and the OT said, okay, so this is the only option that you have. And it was a double hospital bed. And I'm like that, I'm not having that in my home. My home, my home's not a hospital and nor does my partner who doesn't have any health issues need to be sleeping on a hospital bed and not having it. So yeah. she's like, well, that's the only option. So I, I thought, okay, fine. So she's an OT. Um, they'd obviously know because that's what they're qualified to do. <clears throat> so then I, I thought, no, that that, and so look, the bed that she suggested it was like say ten thousand dollars. I know that would have been funded by NDIS, but that's beside the point. Um, yeah. So I thought, no, that doesn't that's that doesn't work. That can't be right. Um, and then someone told me, oh, I called this other bit, called this bedding business. I'm sure they could talk to you about something. So I went in there uh, with my partner, explained exactly what they need, what it, what it needed. Um, so they built us um, a, but what they did was they built separate bases. Um, so I could have mattress on one one side, and my mattress on one side, my partner's mattress on the other, and it's just one big bed that costs four hundred bucks. So we've got you know you, you've got people in the healthcare allied health areas um who are just sort of stuck 
And again, it's not their fault. It's the way that things are, are presented to them, uh, like our options, um, restricted thinking about things, because it's a matter of just thinking in the same way that, that and that way's worked for people. So therefore, we'll just continue down that track. Um, and yeah. So there's nothing about uh, thinking outside the box. So to me, that was just a huge. Yeah, that was that was a huge. Um, to me, that was yeah, a very. Uh, very interesting experience yeah and that's your everyday bed and you have every right to have Mm. a normalized bed just as much as we all do and Mm. a nice modern bed in your beautiful home why Mm. would you want a hospital bed yeah Um, and that is where I get really frustrated to hear stories like that I just go why are people not still thinking outside the box and working around your needs like mm, how yeah. silly is that like and you found so much of a cheaper bed it saved the ndis <laughs> thousands of dollars yeah yeah and, exactly yeah and lucky that they had lucky for you you have that knowledge and that that outside the box thinking but a lot of people don't Ains. Mm, and yeah um, and even us support coordinators therapists and and everybody else, the lacks are still not thinking in that way. And mm. I just think there needs to be more training and more um, exceptions for those situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, I, I'm a bit lost where I was at with all my <laughs> little subjects. But I guess the only other thing I really wanted to talk about was um, – the independence of people and I feel as though parents and carers are still holding back of letting uh, a lot of people be independent that have disabilities Mm -hmm. Um, and what I was kind of going with that was I've seen firsthand that a lot of parents are still doing every single task for their child Um, and as a carer, I mean, even I still sometimes will go, I'll be quicker if I just do up their buttons on their clothes or if I do up their shoelaces or if I do the cooking because, um, you know, they might make a mess in the kitchen. But that is not where we're at in this uh, in this time. We're all about this skill building and this independence in this industry and it's still not there to what I think that it should be and um, I do feel like it's important just to remind those parents and those carers to just take a step back and if it does take a bit longer or if it is a bit messier you know plan ahead and have that time because it is so important that these guys are independent and they have every right to be Mm. able to um get dressed and to make their own breakfast if they can and they're able to I don't see why you know parents are really babying their kids and um and us carers we still do it I still do it I've done it myself plenty of times and I have Mm -hmm. to remind myself Shay just because it's easier for you doesn't mean that it's okay you're supporting this person to be able to learn these things you need to take a step back and remember that, you know, one day, you know, their parents might not be around or their mm. support workers, you know, and they might need to be able to have some of those skills for themselves. And if we're not going to let them learn that and take the step back, 
then we're not going to get anywhere. And mm. what's the point in all of this funding that's being used for us to support individuals to live a better quality of life? Mm. What is the point of us being paid to just sit there and do everything for these people when they are and are capable of doing it for themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. can I ask, like going back to your sister, uh, I know you said that she has like 24-7 care. Um, yeah. So is there anything at all she can do for herself or just like is in, in her cases at all? Funny you say that because um, actually I was having this conversation with my mum the other day, mm-hmm. back in the day, my sister was actually learning how to feed herself. Okay. And she actually was getting to a point where she could scoop up the food and put it into her mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, now she is fed 24-7 by these carers. Okay. And she's not, um, she doesn't even have the patience to sit there anymore. And um, it's really difficult because the carers are actually following her around the house and feeding her. And, mm-hmm. I mean, less them for like feeding her mm-hmm. but my sister is obviously not learning um how to be patient and everyone right. needs to be patient and it frustrates me because I just think you know she's gonna be she's really really grabby and she's really let's on the go she's always been on the go but because she is not having that time to need to want to be you know, to need to want to eat she's not even recognizing in her own thought anymore that she needs to eat right because she's not being let to be able to have that time and go I need to eat I'm hungry yeah. she yeah. doesn't even process that anymore and it's um yeah I so, find that is something about, really important yeah talking about like I mean I'm just interested in um I guess in, um yeah, in, in how these things are taught. So uh, you said that there was a period of time where she was learning how to feed herself. Um, yeah. What was, what was the, um, what changed that? That's what I guess, what, what, yeah, when did, when, yeah, what was the reason that, that changed? It was all about the time and it was all about uh, the man. Yeah, and right. it was... You know, we weren't all following through. Um, obviously, she's got she had my mum, my father, some carers, myself, and not all the time could you just sit there and expect that she was going to do it. You did kind of have to support her to kind of guide it into her mouth a couple of times. Right, okay. And it, was, it did go everywhere. It was a mess <laughs> uh, and it is more practical to feed her and I understand that, however, now it has gotten to a point where she doesn't actually have the independence to be patient. Right. Is, I mean, is one thing that my sister could have if and when people gave her that chance to be able to process that she does need to eat and it's eating time. Mm-hmm. And if she wants to eat, you know, she's got to sit there patiently and not walk around the house and expect carers are going to follow her. <laughs> uh, she is a queen. She thinks she can just have <laughs> everyone at her feet and I love her to bits and she deserves the world. But I do think that um, everyone does not need to bow down 
to her (laughs) Um, and she needs to be more patient she does and she Mm -hmm. can't get that independence if people are not giving her that time to try and feed herself even if it is three mouthfuls I would be happy with that but Mm. everybody is just shoving food in her face all the time Mm. that she doesn't care she's got no care in the world she Mm. just will be like you can follow me around do it at my own time because that's how she's been brought up and I think that goes back to like talking about earlier about why people are scared to ask um, if they can help because like um yeah I guess like say for example if um someone like your sister was say out out, uh, at a restaurant and like you know I'm just thinking in my head like eating it and slow eating whatever someone would be like oh yeah does she need a hand that kind of thing so um and I guess it comes down to like what you're talking about before about the mess and all that other stuff so yeah I guess it's and it's more philosophical than anything but it's just thinking like um it's interesting that I'm trying to think what I'm trying to get my my thoughts together here but it's interesting that we're sort of yeah we're kind of expecting everyone to, I guess, be a certain way, do a certain thing, and therefore if they can't do it that way, then, oh, we're just going to do it for you. Um, yes. If you, I think hopefully you understand where I'm coming from with that because, yeah. Yeah, and that, so, yeah, it's, it's about sort of like trying to, I guess, yeah, trying to fit people into a system as opposed to yeah as opposed to what's the best outcome for that particular person 100 percent agree with that yeah yeah and I I really I really do understand you know where people coming from especially my mom and she will hate that I am talking about this I will be honest (laughs) um that it is like such a a difficult conversation to have with parents a lot of the time Mm. and um, with other carers that you do need to step back, especially when someone is so high needs. I know it sounds cruel, but sometimes it actually at the end of the day is you've got that person's best interest at heart because if you're not providing someone in their face with care, Mm -hmm. at some point in time they are going to pick up on that skill yes that's really interesting to a certain extent that we are yeah you know my sister will never be able to um make her own meal there's no way in hell she'll be able to do that Mm -hmm. but what she can do is go to the fridge and she can choose what food she wants and she can do that she will open the fridge and she will do it way too much Mm -hmm. but she will choose what chocolate milk she wants if she wants a chocolate or a strawberry milk and she might not fully comprehend it like we do but Mm -hmm. that independence to me is so important and one day she might not be able to Mm -hmm. go to the fridge and just do as she please because yeah she might have the physical mobility you don't even know that but Mm -hmm. she can open the fridge and grab an item and at the moment, she's just so regimented with her carers, which is fantastic, but she does miss out on those opportunities to make her own choices. Yeah. If you get where I'm coming from. 
Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, because you've got to, like I know, for example, like yeah, with carriers, you've got to fit into a, a shift. Um, yeah. yeah, so and that's what it is. It's more about, yeah, it's more about fitting into a system of what, this, what, the, what, what the agencies, um, yeah, it's all about time and, and not that, like, I'm not saying that carers are all like that because it's completely not like, I've got awesome carries, but in in regards to the system, the system is all about time, and so therefore, uh, you got to get like you know up, up above, or, like you got to get this done in this amount of time. So therefore, you know, people are, I guess, yeah, forgetting those little things that they need to remember about humans, and yeah, yeah we 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 don't all fit in these. Yeah, we we don't. No, nobody fits into a box at all. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody should be fully, fully scheduled. And, yeah, mm. of course, I will forever respect routines, mm. 100% advocate mm. for them, but I just think there is always room for improvement. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone, yeah. Everyone, every carer, for every parent, for every person with a disability, there is room for improvement no matter what. And it's so important that we do remind ourselves maybe if that person is capable to cook dinner or do the dishes after dinner um, to encourage that because mm-hmm. that's what everyday humans do. That's what we all do. Mm. So why can't people with disabilities be able to pick up those skills as well? Yeah, just absolutely. Just because it takes a bit longer or it's a bit messier. Yeah. I just, yeah, if you're with me, <laughs> I just absolutely. strongly advocate for that. I, yeah. I never thought I would. I used to be all about doing everything for everyone, but now I'm like, Actually, it's better if they can do it themselves because one day they won't need me to do that for them. Yeah, exactly they right. Yeah, cook their own dinner and they don't need a support worker in their face because they're capable mm-hmm. of being able to do that independently. Yeah, that's right. So um, I'm just going to take a swig of this drink in a minute, but I, I want to. <laughs> can you please um, tell us, tell everyone about your business because obviously that's how we met, and I'm just. I just yeah looking at your business I'm so excited about it so yeah please tell everyone about it absolutely so um at the moment I am in the process of releasing a program called girl power and it's actually going to be a program for young girls aged 15 to 18 and it's going to be really about collaborating with lots of different supports um to benefit the girls and It's just going to be really focused on um, lots of different skill development, but more more so about self-love and confidence because it's just not in there for the industry. There is no real massive empowerment for women with disabilities. There's not any programs out there, especially for younger girls with disabilities who experience issues in relationships and they're not sure how to um, get a boyfriend or get a girlfriend or uh, keep a friendship. And it's all about um, being a girl and our menstruation cycles and a little bit about consent and um all different types of, you know, looking after ourselves. You know, us girls like to get our nails done. We like to have nice hair. We like to um, feel good in our bodies and we are 
very emotional. Mm. <laughs> I like it. Very emotional. I like it because you're covering all the taboo topics because I mean, obviously, people with disabilities don't don't do any of those things at all. Don't want any of those things, do they? <laughs> a lot of people don't, and I'm all for those girls. You know, a bit more of a tomboy. I know. Um, what I'm saying is, there's that. You? Yeah. What I'm saying is, is that like there's a whole. I mean, this is why I love what you're doing because there's this whole thing out there that um, you know people with disabilities don't have relationships don't have sex and, you know, all this other stuff. So it's like, yeah, it's just, so that's why that's why I'm saying all the taboos because when I say don't want, I'm saying sarcastically because, yeah. I mean, obviously that's a huge thing that, and that's why I, when I saw your business originally, I was just like, oh, my God, that's exactly what we need because yeah, people think, yeah, people have this stereotype in their head of women with disabilities who don't want any of that or don't even think about any of that stuff and it's completely just yeah. and relationships and yes. where was I when it, I do want to address it though there is a serious stereotype around relationships in disability mm. yeah um and that is you know around the whole sex and um obviously a lot of people not understanding relationships with intellectual disabilities or autism and they have those such different needs and they don't know how to communicate with each other Mm. what my program is about is um teaching the girls how to build a relationship because they deserve to be loved and to love as much as we do and that is what I want the girls to feel I want them to feel empowered and Mm -hmm. understand safe you know safety safety overall um of course consent is so important and um you know being safe in the community and online on social media Mm -hmm. um social media has such a big presence in our lives now and it is so easy to sit there as a female and go oh god I'm not good enough and I want to be that person and why can't I have that? Yeah. And, you know, my life is shit compared to that person. Mm-hmm. And it'll be all about teaching the girls that actually there's so much more to life than um, feeling like you're not getting anywhere and you're not good enough because mm-hmm. you are good enough and you can do anything. Mm-hmm. You just need to know how and I'm going to teach you. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, and, you know, I've experienced what it's like to be a girl and to not love myself and to feel like I was a bigger girl and I wasn't able to be loved or mm-hmm. um, didn't deserve love. And I think it's such an important issue in itself and I finally feel as though I'm at a confidence level where I want to share that with people and I want um, the girls to come together and to know how to talk to each other and how to bring each other up Mm -hmm. exactly you know what we're doing obviously um I am so so excited to work with you and be able Mm -hmm. to bring your business up as well you know I want to be able to help other women be and feel empowered Mm -hmm. and loved and and that is my biggest thing I forget the whole professional boundaries and everything that's in the industry let's be real yeah. there's nothing out there like it there is Absolutely. nothing 
that is so flexible to go, hey, girls, how'd you go, you know, at school this week with, um, I don't know, telling somebody that you like them. You know, you don't talk about relationships and stuff like that. And a lot of these girls don't feel like they can talk about that stuff Mm -hmm. and they wouldn't know where to talk about it, who to talk about it with or how to talk about it. And that's the importance of girl power Mm -hmm. is to come together to understand ourselves and understand each other and Mm -hmm. to work towards just being healthy and happy. Yeah, 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 really. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I Also, can I just quickly um, cover uh, what are the other services that you're that in your business that you're doing? Because um, we were talking about a range of other things that you're looking at doing as well. Yeah, so um, I do support coordination. Yeah. Um, linking everybody into services and making sure everyone's happy with the services that they are at, mm-hmm. making sure they've got the funding, um, all of that fun stuff, which I absolutely love. But I am looking towards um, actually combining my company with another company mm-hmm. um, and Lionheart Support Services. Um, and it is too early to really talk about everything, but yeah. um, there is some really cool different avenues that might come on board for me. And um, I guess you could say in terms of um, having more of a space Mm -hmm. for people to go to, more of a community space and and possibly a bit of a respite space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, too early to say. Exciting things um, coming though. Fingers crossed it all works out. Um, I'm really excited. I think these guys and myself will work really well as a team and um, we both offer each other things that um, we don't have. We all have our weaknesses and our strengths and I think, um, yeah, it'll be a really good partnership. Yeah, lovely. Um, Can you let us know what your socials are and what your website is so people know where to look you up? I don't have a website yet, mm-hmm. but I do just have the Facebook page, Alan Independent, mm-hmm. um, I-L-L-A-N-E. It is such a weird name and people are like, Elan, I can't say it, but Alan um, mm-hmm. Independent, it's my sister's middle name. Okay, um, I wondered where it came from. That came from, yeah. Um, but I am thinking of changing up my logo, so um Bear with me on that. I'll keep you posted. Cool. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you for coming on today because it's been really good just to, as I said, to get an insight because, yeah, there are, I mean, obviously I've spoken to people with disabilities um, for the, all the last last lot of episodes and, um, yes, meeting you, obviously, I, re- I mean, I realise that, you know, that's such an important thing to make sure that other people who can't speak for themselves do have a voice through people, um, obviously, who, who, who know them and know what their struggles have been, etc. So it's been really good to talk to you and, yeah, really excited to see what's going to come in the future. I'm so yeah. excited to you. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you very much. Yeah. I love that you've just fallen into my life. You have seriously <laughs> a whole new perspective on things. And I think what you do is incredible. And I can't wait to get into gym with you and 
get yeah. in this powerlifting. Oh my God, you just, I know it's yeah. a weird thing to say, but you inspire the heck out of me. <laughs> and I Thanks. just, I'm so grateful for you to come into my life. Oh, it's so I'm much really fun. Excited. So thank you. No, thank you. So um, no, thank you very much. Um, so everybody, uh, thanks for listening in today. And if you have any questions, just pop them in the comments. Um, this episode obviously will be on YouTube, so you, people who need captioning can can see them. Uh, otherwise, yep, it'll be on Spotify, iTunes, and also Google Podcasts. Um, so also, as I've said in previous podcasts, uh, if you'd like me to speak to um on a particular topic or have a guest um on that you could recommend certainly just um leave a comment or, or send me a message um, but until next week thank you